friends, and welcome to the Ringer Golf Podcast, Fairway Rollin'. I am your starter, Joe House. Throughout the golf season, our PGA Tour correspondents on the ground, Nathan Hubbard and myself, are bringing you all of the very best takes having to do with the world of golf. That is Fairway Rollin', which you can find on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Dave. Brace yourself. Uh-oh. How much money would it take for you to let somebody cut off your finger with bolt cutters in a wrestling match? What kind of question is that, Dave? One dollar. <laughs> like Price is right. Okay. Like Price is right. One dollar. <laughs> Apparently that happened in an IWA Deep South match let's just it might have been a work might have been a shoot well it's definitely a work the guy definitely lost his finger whether or not it was planned maybe that makes it even worse uh, this is freaking crazy forget about it deathmatch wrestling <laughs> is just a black eye on the whole business right right <laughs> hey 2021 is the year of deathmatch wrestling baby Gotta i guess love it. so i guess so I'll, yeah well I'm, I'm i'm not a bloodthirsty kid anymore but i guess we all have to adapt uh let's just start the show What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to listening to you are listening to the and you're listening, you're listening to you are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, Dave. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I saw some bloody pictures online that I'd rather forget about, pretend I never saw. You know, one of those things. Nice. It'd be nice to forget that. It'd be nice to forget a lot of things uh, that happened this week in wrestling. But that's what we're here for. So let's chat, buddy. Let's relatively, get it. relatively quiet week in the pro wrestling world. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't have any giant pay per views. Although I guess Crown Jewel is a week from today. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, it, we'll talk about that a little bit. And you know, no. No, no WWE wrestlers jumping ship that we know of. 
you know, there's we're setting up for Survivor Series. We're setting up on the other side for Full Gear, which I guess is the most interesting thing for you and me to talk about. Because word, word. we also got King of the Ring. We got Queen's Crown. We oh got yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of stuff, stuff going on on TV. I do want to talk about that. It's just yeah. I, I but I, more than anything, because I'm just a wrestling nerd, I want to talk about this photo of Tony Khan in Bleacher Report from the Jacksonville Jaguars sideline that that they published that may or may not have leaked his draft of the f- entire Full Gear card. First of all, if this is... If this was real, truly an accident, then just judging by his handwriting and his planning on notebook paper style, I love Tony Khan more than I did yesterday. But if this is planned... I love him even more than that because what yeah. a what a amazing little spoiler fake spoiler I mean what he of course he knows how to get the internet chatting you know more than anybody else but man to throw a photo in there in a football I mean like well you're on the football sideline that like has a like you have to they have to like open it in a new window and zoom in and then you're like oh wait does that scribble say hangman <laughs> and now everybody's trying like it is brilliant yeah, he he's the biggest mark, right? So like, who better to know how to work the internet marks and work people like us and the journalists to decompress and 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 look through all these Einstein level scribbled notepad notes um, than people like us? So I mean, listen, I don't think this is by accident. He is pretty well aware of what photos get released by the Jaguars or what doesn't. I'm sure he has the power to say, hey. I didn't want that photo out there. Can we please take that photo away? You know, because he's, you know, part owner of that team. Uh, so I think this is all on purpose. And also, I think it's very brilliant because why, wrestling is all about getting people talking, especially when there's nothing to talk about, especially on a day where your show is preempted uh, for, you know, um, other sports and whatnot. Listen, smart move. Uh, but it's it's what's on the notes that's the talking points, right? So what what did you see, Dave? What stuck out the most for you? Well, uh, I'm sure you guys can have seen this. It's on Twitter. It's on Reddit. It's everywhere. Maybe maybe babyface producer can tweet this out or something just for a point of reference. But I don't know if you actually need it. But so I'm zoomed way in on this thing. We can take this thing from the top. The first thing on the thing seems to say in quotes the guilty pleasure. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but. Uh, right next to that, it says Kenny Hangman. So, um, there actually, that was a little point of discussion this week. It's sort of official. I guess it is official now that full gear, the full gear main event is going to be Omega versus Hangman Page. When, when Hangman won the ladder match, the thing had like the gear on it. And I guess at that point, it was supposed to be super clear that he that won the title match, that that was the victory. He won the title match for full gear. That's now like sort of more official than it was before. So I guess we have that to look forward to. I kind of gotten to the point with with Hangman that like if they had just dragged out his kind of arc for like 15 years, I wouldn't have been upset. You know, I mean, it's like they keep on delaying gratification. At this point, I'm just like in the thrall of it. But uh, and this doesn't obviously doesn't mean this is the end of the storyline. But I kind of expected it to go a little bit for you know to, to to be a little bit longer before we saw Kenny Hangman again. And maybe it's just because there were so many. Other you no, know new faces lined up. I think it's been pretty up. long. I think it's been no, pretty no, no. long. It's been, no, yeah. no, no. It's been plenty long. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I just meant that with Punk here and Brian here and like everything, and Hangman just kind of took a back seat for a while. I just in in my in my head, this was going to be 
you know, six more months until we got this match or something. But I'm not mad that we're getting it. And they're, they've told the stories really, really well. But I think that's sort of a done deal, right? I mean, I, I mean, so that one's good, right? So we'll work down the card. Kenny Hangman. Uh, underneath it says Brian versus Mox. How, how does that strike you? Daniel Bryan, John Moxley. Uh, Brian Danielson and Daniel Bryan. Sorry, no, I got, I got, I got tripped up. I've been trying so hard. I got tripped up because Tony Khan wrote Brian, which is which works both ways. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. no, um, interesting match. I mean, definitely something we've seen before, but definitely not with these this different sort of scope and this um this lens on it. You know, uh, I think what we see this weekend between uh, Brian and uh, Suzuki is probably going to tell me a lot about where they're going to take that match, right? Like, I feel like we're, if we've noticed Brian, especially when he, he's gotten to AEW, he seems a lot more violent, right? Like, he, he's, he wants to fight. He wants to hurt people. He wants to get hurt. Like, I mean, if you've seen that Kenny Omega-Brian match, which I've, I've watched a dozen times by now, one of my favorite matches of the year, it, it's all about the impact and the, and the action. And I feel like... You know, if if you're starting off, if you're wetting the appetite with, you know, Suzuki um, and Brian on free TV, I would assume that, you know, Brian Mox is going to be probably just as intense and just as hard hitting as that match or better. You know, so obviously folks that are, you know, WWE lifers are going to be like, well, we've seen Brian Danielson versus Dean Ambrose a million times. Like, what's so exciting about this? The thing is, you know, um, it, it seems like it'll have a little bit less handcuffs and a little bit more uh, opportunity and freedom to really just go balls to the wall. And if you kind of read between the lines of what Brian has been saying on on several interviews, he's done a ton of interviews. So forgive me, uh, whoever did this interview that that got this quote out of him. But he was basically saying, um, you know, he was forced to retire because he was, and I'm paraphrasing here, not telling the truth about his health. And pretty much saying, like, you know, uh, I uh, I hit a few concussions and, you know, they didn't really know how my health was. So, I mean, for for his sake and for, I guess, for WWE's sake and their liability, they're, you know, that they, they, they couldn't take that risk of him getting seriously hurt within that ring, especially given what's happened in the past. Um, one would assume those same handcuffs are now off. And one would assume that a big reason for him leaving WWE is to be able to have those sort of dangerous, high-impact, hard-hitting matches that, uh, you know, he wants to have. So that that match in particular off of the, the you know, the con scribble of, of Doom uh, intrigues me the most because it's like, man, this guy, this, this guy really wants to... So you got to be a sick dude. And these are two, like Daniel, Daniel, you know, through his veganism and his, his boyish charm and the white shirt and all that mm -hmm. stuff, he really hides the fact that like deep down inside, there's a sick dude in there. Right? Yeah. Like he really, yeah, he I mean, really likes to fight. <laughs> you, you said it all. Daniel Bryan and John Moxley both had, you know, lots of different interests in moving on from WWE. Right. And, and, and you know, it's interesting because they're two, the two of, uh, 
they're probably going to go down as the two dudes who kind of have the least flack on the w- from the WWE camp, right? It was just like, right. all right, they wanted they, to do something different. They got the nice different. swan songs. They both got swan songs. Yeah, but, but you, I mean, they, there was a lot of motivations behind it. We've dissected them all. But if you wanted to simplify it to they want to be more violent in the wrestling ring, you, you wouldn't be so, so wrong, right? And, I mean, we certainly have seen that bear out. Like you said, in the Omega Bryan, I mean, the Omega Danielson match and in... Uh, I don't know, like every other day when I click, when I go on Twitter and see that that John Moxley has like bloody, bloodied himself <laughs> in an indie <laughs> ring somewhere. Um, so seeing them work, it's a lot of fun. And li- listen, I, th- far be it for me to read Tony Khan's mind, uh, but if it was me in that situation, listen, there's a lot of satisfaction in saying I'm using Adam Cole better than you did for five years right like 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 there's a lot of satisfaction in saying i'm doing a better job at using this at, at, at promote at, you know making this person to a star they're getting the best use out of fill in the blank right there's got to be an even greater satisfaction despite everybody saying oh that's the two wwe guys like whatever but if you can put those two in a ring and have them deliver a match that's like five times better than they ever did in wwe then that's, I mean, that's got to be on some level like the ultimate gratification, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, you can, t- Khan has, you know, made no bones about going right at WWE. And there's no better way to go at WWE than to take the people that he's had in the past and make better use of them. Um, and I guess we'll see a lot of that this this Friday as well. This is going to be a real... The first real true test of an even pl- even playing field between you know FS1 and Turner and uh, Rampage and um, you know Super Size SmackDown this Friday, and he's been going around pretty much saying like, "Yo, we're the better show. Raw sucks. I know you saw it. Like, we're, he he's got on Twitter and said, I can't wait to beat those guys next week. Like, it is. It may not be a war." It may not be a battle, but don't tell that to those guys. <laughs> they are, I think, I think the gloves are, are really going to start coming off in the next couple of, of, of months. Um, these, this is around the time that you start getting ready for some of the biggest shows in WWE. You start to get ready for uh, an AEW. I mean, they, they're, they're already playing from, not playing from behind, but you know, they don't have 80 years of, of, uh, of of backstory to really tell. They're, they're still kind of going. So every show's got to feel like the biggest thing ever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Khan is... I don't know if Khan is smart to play it this way, but I'm entertained. <laughs> like, I'm so I'm so entertained by by you know I, lo- I love conflict. Uh, this is what I've wanted. This is what I've wanted since you know uh, WWE's finally gotten some a true alternative. Like I don't want them to act like there's not another you know elephant in the room. There's two big ass elephants in here. Let's 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 see what's it about. Yeah, I mean I don't know that there's much of a distinction between the two things I'm about to say. I- I think that there's a perception that that Tony Khan, now that the their ratings are getting better, they're really getting their stride, whatever, is sort of spoiling for a fight. I I kind of my read is more that he's well, the two things. My read is more that he knows that 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 fighting, that being that being an out like like announcing this conflict as being real and saying it, you know, go doing all this media 
is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You had you had to reach a certain point of legitimacy to be able to go out there and say it that it didn't just feel like you were your own hype man, right? But now he's out there and I mean he's he's making he's making the competition a reality by talking about it as like a competition by making it sound like a scrap, you know? And also he's a you know, longtime wrestling fan, and you can tell that he just relishes and just like kind of healing off. You know, I yeah. mean, he's doing like that is that is everybody's dream. I wouldn't even call it healing off because you know that's that's another way to galvanize your fan base, galvanize your roster. Say like, hey, we're the biggest show in town. We're going at it. Like it's people hate doing the WCW comparisons and the WWE comparisons, but it's like, listen, if we had Twitter when Eric Bischoff was sitting in the middle of the ring with a Harley declared victory when Tony Schiavone was giving away uh, results on, on, on Nitro when, when raw brought out fake diesel, fake razor Gilberg, all these things like this is just the 2021 version of that. I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're just, you know, the wrestling fans a little bit more smarter now and knowing that like the guy who was booking and cutting the checks for these people openly calling out Vince, openly going to platforms like Barstool, like Complex, like all these places that the young people listen to, to get that young audience that, you know, they they have pride themselves on with, with Jericho being the demo god or whatever. Um it's a smart play and it's an entertaining play. And honestly, it's going to put it's it's pushed WWE to try and do better and make better product and get younger. I mean, God, this morning, as of what, 1130 this morning, Eastern top dollar is the top trending topic on Twitter because he's he's sideways came at the young bucks for wearing fake sneakers several weeks ago, several months ago and, and sneaker culture. And even that has gotten, you know, uh, a, a back and forth between AEW and WWE fans. Me, I personally don't care. I love good wrestling wherever I can get it. But it is surely entertaining when the guys who are really in the trenches are, um, you know, putting some fuel to the fire, should we say. Yeah, it's it's definitely true. I mean, it's nice. To, I'm trying to catch up on this, like, top dollar thing as we're, like, having the as we're as we're doing the podcast it's 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 pretty entertaining and people are actually really bizarrely upset at him for like not knowing his role and shutting his mouth i guess like you can't tweet about sneaker culture like it's <laughs> so bizarre i guess he can it's a, it's oh man I, I i feel like there's been four or five different wwe aw arguments on the timeline since our last episode but we could spend we could spend hours talking about that um i'm gonna run back to this we're talking about tony khan being smart being a wrestling fan i just can't get over it i mean listen this is the, the one week where we don't have a definite thing like a show to talk about and tony khan leaks the card for full gear in a way that makes us break it down point by point that's just it's just genius uh inner circle versus american top team mjf versus darby allen we see them setting that up here's another interesting one punk versus wardlow what do you think mm. Mm. i'm not crazy about it uh oh, no? I, I, i'm not crazy about it i'm i've never been huge on wardlow I always just kind of felt like, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not crazy about it. Wardlow's widely regarded, I mean, whatever, as the, as the, you know, one of the future stars of the company. You know, he's not in like the big four or whatever, like the four pillars, but he's, but he's right outside. And, and I think everybody sort of ID'd him at the beginning because, mm -hmm. you know, when the roster was because he's and jacked small, and, you know, because he's, he's jacked MJF and he's young there. and he's got a lot, and he's all upside, right? I mean, he got, 
he had that cage match with Cody and and it seemed like they really kind of had big plans for him. And, and it's, you know, this is the sort of guy that punk should be working with in some sense. You know, I know that everybody, everybody fantasy books punk into all these like technical wrestling matches. That's not really punk's bag. I mean, it is, he can do it and he can have fun doing it, but you know, there's not many people on the roster that have more experience working with dudes like Wardlow than CM Punk does, you know, yeah, and, he's, and he can people- help him. People have always thought like these punk uh, dream matches are with like other technical guys. And I think it's because of the link he has with Brian Danielson. But the punk matches I've always enjoyed, uh, even though I'm not super excited about Wardlow, but the punk matches I've always enjoyed is the ones where he's not the biggest guy. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the, the Hobbs match I really like. His Cena match is a classic. I mean, pick pick a Punk versus Joe match. Every one of those are, are, are you know, uh, bangers. Um, but Wardlow didn't really jump out at me uh, when I was thinking of of people that I want to see him on pay per view uh, when when he came back. Um, but you know, they got they got weeks to get me excited for it. I mean, I know they're 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 starting to pepper in some things between MJF and Wardlow and uh, being uh, on the outs or whatever, but we'll see where that goes. We'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not super gassed for it. I think in a world where CM Punk can like main event a show, cutting a promo, not even cutting a real promo, just talking to the crowd. I think him versus Wardlow is actually a really good use of him because unless he's going to be in the main event, it's 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 basically there's no reason not to have him just like help put somebody over. I mean that doesn't mean lose, but you know, I think that there's only a there's probably not much difference in terms of like like you said you get excited for a punk match. There's not a there's not a ton of difference in like Punk versus Wardlow and Punk versus dang I don't even know who I want to say, but somebody <laughs> who's like somebody who's not quite at the top but just a little bit down, right? Right, right. Like Punk versus Wardlow and Punk versus MJF, right? I think Punk versus Wardlow is probably going to get get about the same amount of like Q rating, you know, even though MJF's a bigger star, you know. So we'll see. I mean, I don't really know what the metric is, but you know, but but I think it's I think it's actually a really good use of them. The next thing is Britt Baker versus nobody. Uh, it looks like it says this is a lot of, lot of debate online over what this says, but it looks like it says Jade versus Thunder Rosa short. Um, and that one also has an X next to it where the rest of them seem to have match numbers. So I don't even know what that means. Christian Cage versus uh, Adam Cole. I like that matchup. I think they complement each other very well. Yeah, my first instinct was to sort of be confused. And then I'm like, you know what? No, that's a match I really want to see. And it's a good use of both of them when, like, like, same thing with Punk. When you're not in the main event, when you don't have something. I mean, they've obviously been building in this direction. These two have beef. So uh, that could be a whole lot of fun. And it's and it's one. Of, and listen, that's going to be one of those matches where it's sort of the same with every big Christian match now, where you're just sort of intrigued to see how. I mean, Cole and Christian are just two like elite wrestling minds, right? And they both have the ability to go like crazy. So I'm just I'm just excited to see what they get together and do. Yeah, they're very creative. Very, very creative. After that, it looks like there's a sort of tag team uh, t- title, like uh, like multi-team match with the Luchas and FTR and the Bucks and Jurassic Express. And uh, it, we sort of devolve into a whole sort of like scribbledy chicken scratch schmas down here at the bottom of the page. But... Um, I mean, I'm just I'm just so impressed by the leaking of this thing. I, I, whether or not it's intentional, like I said at the top, it's it's. It, I mean, it's just really. Here, here's a note. Here's a note. Here. I mean, obviously, I, the more the more I'm seeing these Tony Khan interviews, he's probably doing the more the most interviews this week than I've said. He's doing more interviews this week than he did for, I think, for Arthur Ashe. Um, 
Tony Khan on SmackDown's final 30 minutes being commercial free. Quote, I can do that too. It doesn't seem very civil, but I have more money than they do, so I can afford to do that longer than they can. <laughs> End oh quote. My oh my God. Relax, oh no. dude. <laughs> Billion, billionaire, billionaire tone over here is, uh, yeah. is, is like he's just he's. I told you he's healing off. He's making he's 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 he wants to make this a fight, and he knows how to. You know, like, I mean, even if it's all a put on, right? Even if the whole thing is just to get. I mean, even if the whole thing is just because. He, I mean, I, I don't know if this is true, but even if the whole thing were just that he's he he wants the fight, not the win. But he wants the electricity of the Monday Night Wars. He wants. Yeah. He knows that the rising tides and all it's that good stuff. Good business. He, he yes. knows that he knows that getting them mad is going to be even better for him. Not just beating them. If if he beats Raw in the rating next month by getting like a two point one, that's not the victory, right? The victory is the business goes up and he beats Raw at like a three five in eighteen months or something. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a. And and if that, I mean, who knows? But if if that's the like the long term view, if he's if he's trying to rile up Vince and WWE, I think that that's that's even more brilliant. But you know, who knows? You need a fight. You need a fight. You need a rival. You know what I mean? Like the finals aren't as good with LeBron James winning all the time. If Steph Curry doesn't load up and get a super team. Batman isn't as fun if he doesn't have the Joker to push him every time. So I think this is good business, man. Like, Wait, who's the need- Joker here? Is it is Tony Khan the Joker? <laughs> I don't know. I think they're I think they're two Jokers, honestly. Um, I, I, you know, it's just you make a lot of sense with that point, man. It's like if they were all civil, I'm sure AEW would be just as successful, but. Stoking the flames of the fan base and getting them riled up and getting WWE's fan base riled up and all that type of stuff. That's just smart business, man. That's just smart. Like, because you're going to hate watch one thing to shit on the other and you're going to do that in, in both cases. So, well, and listen, there's absolutely no upside to pretending there's not a competition. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, for WWE, there is an upside. I don't know that I agree with it, but you can understand the logic of pretend they don't exist or pretend that they're Bush League and, you know, just march on, just keep on doing what you're, perceive, let the perception be that you're doing what you're doing. Um, but yeah, but but for the for AEW, I mean, from the start, I understand why they did it, but at the beginning when they were like, no, this is, this is just about our own thing. We're not competing with them. We're just trying to do good work. Like, you know, it's just sort of deflating, you know? I mean, it's, you, we end up talking about it on the show because we're like, yeah, right. And then, you just move on. When Tony Khan goes out there and like says some, like you know, con- some like controversial or combative stuff, that we're just like, hell yeah, man, <laughs> like, <laughs> go for it. That's it. Mm. You, you 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 support that stuff. So anyway, yeah. WWE does it very. They they do it a little bit more subtle though, right? Like I think what makes Khan look a little, look a little like like a like a bratty sort of billionaire kid that that just has a blank check is that WWE does their shit talking much more subtle right it's like okay we know rampage is on at this time and we know that being on fox um i mean they they, they dominate that i mean it's not even close even you could even argue rampage has gone down in quality since you know the big punk um debut um even in the ratings as well but um WWE will do things like have a 30-minute commercial-free 
uh, um, half hour that that goes into you know the rampage viewership they'll do things like you know saying this is a, a supersized smackdown we got brock we got roman we got finn versus Sami Zayn. which if you give that 10 or 15 minutes that's a that's a that's a a rare match that i didn't realize how much i wanted to see until i saw the commercial for it you got becky versus sasha i mean that's a loaded show it's a loaded show and then and then answering back with the buy-in with Daniel and, and Suzuki to cut into that match to maybe go on YouTube, which is weird. Like if you put it on YouTube, like I can watch both at the same time. Like I can just flip it on my phone and you know still watch you know FS1 or Fox. But um, it, it is so interesting, so fun. I love seeing both fan bases get tight, and it's all fun and games until the old man gets petty. Once the old man gets petty. That's when I think this rivalry takes it up to a whole nother level. I don't think he's gotten too petty yet, but I think it's, I think we're, we're like a few, I think we're, we're a couple miles down the road for him just being like, you know what? Let's just, let's just, let's just dump on these guys <laughs> real quick. I don't know what he's going to do, but we'll, we'll see. We will see. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that Tony Khan said that was, you know, got a lot of attention this week was um, that Ross sucked. And, uh, <laughs> You know, that's not exactly the most controversial thing you can say in the pro wrestling world. Um, but part of what they're doing, a lot of what they're doing on Raw right now is setting up for Crown Jewel, which, like I said, is a week from today. And let's be honest, you can have a lot of, you take a lot of exception to Crown Jewel in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff. But it's undeniable that it messes up the flow and and of the storytelling in WWE and and it and the storytelling because you know with 12 pay-per-views a year is sort of strained as it is right so we're like it's we talked about it in years past it's it's always it's just hard to wrap your head around crown jewel because it seems to take place in an alternate universe an alternate timeline like some other you know some other side of the spider-verse but also we're not sure if it's supposed to be as big as WrestleMania or to, or a house or it's a house show, you know. I mean, it's it's and it's it's kind of neither, but it it just doesn't make a lot. I mean, it's it it's hard to it's hard to wrap your head around, you know. So when you talk about you know what Vince is going to do to just really like you know come in hard, I mean, you think it's something like Brock Lesnar, any sort of like I mean, he might he might you know he he could still do that but it seems like he sort of played his Brock Lesnar card and he's do, using it at Crown Jewel you know mm. i mean it's it's i don't know i don't know i don't think i don't think he's played his big joker yet i think i know what the i have a, I have, a, I have a sneaking suspicion on what the big joker is is it is it the in-ring return of Hulk Hogan what do you what is your <laughs> close i mean listen this survivor series in Barclays marks the 25th anniversary of the debut of the great one I was just talking to somebody about this. You know, he, he's he's got a movie coming out very soon. You know, I mean, if you want to talk Big Joker and you already given us Roman versus Brock this early, that's not WrestleMania. I mean, that's a big fucking Joker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's Big yeah. Joker. Yeah, Rock's doing freestyles now. He's doing songs with Tech 9 <laughs> He's getting back in the news. Yeah, like, and and for whatever it's worth, it's all this talk to like if The Rock is going to do a WrestleMania, it's going to be in L.A. I mean, that how short sighted can you get? The dudes get you know he's not a, he's not a spring chicken. 
I'm he can rest. Like in, in the era of COVID, in the era of COVID, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put put anything past any WrestleMania. Like Dallas, Dallas is still a pretty big deal. You know, it's a Cowboy huge deal. And hey, still a and hey, big deal. if The Rock really wants to work WrestleMania in LA, he can do that too. You, you know, do that like, too. <laughs> They can run it back. They could do tr- thrice in a lifetime. You know what I mean? Like, but I do. I do think Big Dwayne is the big Joker, and no matter what you 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 have in any wrestling promotion, as long as you got that guy that you could pull up at any moment or when when the time is right, there's there's nothing there's nothing you could do about that, man. He's 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 the great one. He's he's the Jordan of this. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that would be obviously very intriguing. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Do you want to let's talk? Let's talk Crown Jewel real quick. Uh, I'm just going to run through the card, and you just like push you push the whammy button if you want to talk about something. Um, it, it's a week. It's a week from today. Uh, and it, wait, does it happen super early in the morning? What time does this thing happen? I think it happens in the afternoon. I think in it's the afternoon. Thursday oh, afternoon. Right, right, it's an afternoon yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Which All right, I dig. so it's, I'm not mad at that. So we'll so we'll so we'll be able to preview it a little bit next week. But just in terms of timing, this is probably the best time for people to do it. I mean, we got Reigns versus Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Um, this is probably the most compelling uh, Roman Reigns storyline in terms of actual probability that he might lose the title. Now, I don't. I'm not going to pick against Roman Reigns, but. You know, we've seen Vince inexplicably put the title on Brock Lesnar before. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, get to, to it would not be the first time that we were all shocked that Brock Lesnar won a match that we shouldn't be that shocked about. Um, right, especially at Crown Jewel. <laughs> especially at Crown Jewel. Um, although I think Roman Reigns is probably is really big over there too. I don't, I don't think that he's like a, you know, I, I'm not sure that that he pales in comparison or anything. So there's that. We got Becky versus Sasha versus Bianca for the uh, triple for the the SmackDown title. Um, I saw somebody who was it. Somebody online today was talking about. Oh, it's Louis Dangour, who's who's a great reporter. Uh, was talking about it was it's guessing, and I I was thinking this too that um, that we're going to end up with you know obviously it's it's, it's going to be Charlotte and Becky at Survivor Series, assuming nobody loses the title. Uh, and that he's he's theorizing that it's going to be to unify the women's titles. Um, I think so, so. So that, I mean, and that could be, I think, you know, a lot of people are saying that what's the point of the brand split and all that kind of stuff. But as we've talked about before, nobody's really that invested in the brand split. I think the biggest driving force for the brand split at this point in time is WWE 
WWE's commitment to following through with it and not feeling like they backed off of this idea, right? Because, uh, you know, as we've said, the people at Fox and USA do not don't want the brand split. No, no, I, I'm 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 starting to realize not a lot of people want the brand. I think the brand split was a a benefit of an overinflated roster and uh, getting people equal time. And a lot of that roster has gone on to AEW and Impact and Ring of Honor of all these places. I, me personally, I see the benefits to it. But as a fan, I would not be upset if, the, if, if this starts to signify the beginning of the end of the roster split. Maybe not right away, but, you know, have options. You know what I mean? Keep it fluid. Make things fluid. Make the women's title yes. mean more. Unify so, those. You so know? the only, I mean, so the, so the, not the only, but the, but the strongest argument for the brand split is, is that you do have a whole lot of talent, especially on, particularly on the male side. And to, to make sure, and again, I've argued against this, but to make sure that every people on the bottom half of the roster get enough screen time, you do the brand split so they have, you know, so that every episode of both shows is not just half Roman Reigns and half, you know, Big E or whatever, right? So, um, so that makes some sense. But the women's roster has been knocked around so much. I mean, that you know, the, the the talent they have is unbelievable. But it's just. But but the rosters, the split rosters just aren't big enough to tell compelling stories or it's as compelling a story as you could tell with one kind of big pot, right? One big talent pool. And and, and with injuries and everything else, it just sort of, it, it does seem sort of beside the point. So I, I wouldn't have any problem at all if they put, if they had, you know, unified the women's roster, like you said, made it more fluid. And especially, I mean, even to zoom out, talking about the men's side and the tag teams they could unify too, obviously. Um, but but, take, but talking about like just the roster in general, uh, the, the, I'm pretty sure the last time that the brand split went up in flames was because they started bringing John Cena on both shows just because they wanted a ratings bump, right? Am I remembering mm -hmm. that correctly? Yeah, John Cena was a free agent. Brock Lesnar has already a staff established that he's a free agent. Maybe this is the same thing. Yeah, I just think that it's if this if you're in a if if, if the if the wrestling wars really are heating up then it makes all the sense in the world to have Roman Reigns, you know, bumping the the ratings on both shows, right? I mean, it's, it, I don't know. It, it just seems sort of obvious, like an obvious decision to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I don't think they would go out the way of Brock Lesnar saying, hey, I'm a free agent. I can do what I want. If they didn't, if they weren't going to, you know, uh, um, start to use those guys to kind of bump both, both shows. Yeah. Yeah, and if you just, I mean, e even though it doesn't make a lot of internal logical sense, if the women's roster is uh, is unified and the tag team roster is unified, then you have a lot more flexibility on just the singles men's roster too because there's all of a sudden there's tag team wrestlers switching shows. You can kind of bump into people that way. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff you could do. But anyway, all of that is to say that I think it's highly likely that Becky Lynch retains at Crown Jewel <laughs> because it does seem like that, I mean, storyline-wise, we're setting up for Becky versus Charlotte at Survivor Series, and that's a big-ticket match, you know, and that that could be a lot of fun. Um, uh, RK-Bro versus AJ and Amos. I, I can't believe this is still happening, but I enjoy it every week, so no complaints. Um, Big E versus Drew. What do you think about these two guys? I mean, as much as I'm a big fan of the Mega Powers handshake that they had on a Raw, I think that was the highlight of the match. I think it's a great match. I think it's a great uh, showcase. I think it's going to be another showcase for Big E, uh, showing that he can be the guy. And, I mean, speaking of somebody who just had, you know, an incredible 
uh, last couple of days. I mean, from the Iowa Hawkeyes to the Deontay Wilder uh, uh, Tyson Fury fight to, you know, being the WWE champion, like, um, you know, I don't think they've had this much of a mainstream success. I mean, I, there's, I think there's a lot to tell because, you know, what Drew said was, was right on Raw. He was like, even though I was WWE champion twice, I didn't really get the spoils of being WWE champion that you're getting because there's a crowd and being at the fights and the games and all that type of stuff. There's something to be said there. Um, that being said, I think with Drew getting ready to go over to SmackDown, it's going to be another great showcase for Big E. It's going to show him he's a major player. Um, continue to show that he's a major player. And uh, Drew's the perfect guy for it because he's at a point where losses don't really, especially before a draft, uh, losses don't really affect him anymore. You know what I mean? Like, especially for the WWE Championship, he's had it already. It's time for him to go over to the blue brand and, and, and tussle with with Big Oose and, and or Brock, whoever it is over there. But uh, I think it's going to be a great showing for Big E, man. I, I truly do. Yeah, this is a match that I'm actually really excited for. I'm not sure that it's going to be the best match. It, I'm not sure it's going to live up to my, you know, highest level expectations. But that's why I'm interested in it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see these two guys go. And yeah, um, big meaty men slapping meat. Did, did you, by the way, see that story that Big E said that WWE wouldn't let, wouldn't make big meaty men slapping meat merch? Uh, <laughs> honestly, that's good news for us because that means we can make that means we can make all the bootleg merch. I'm like, they can't trademark it. Fine, I know several people that will. And yeah, I mean that that phrase could be interpreted in many different ways. So I can understand why the family friend of WWE was probably like, yeah, it's probably not the best idea for our WWE championship. Probably not. That. Probably not. But we'll but it always does, have that. We'll always have it. It does sort of raise the question of like what constitutes a wrestler's personal merch, right? I mean, obviously he coined this phrase and whatever, but it's not like he used it on TV or whatever. Like, could I, if you're a wrestler, can you just pitch a shirt that has nothing particularly to do with you, but it's funny. And if people buy it, you get, do you get the percentage or do you actually have to like incorporate it into your character? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird how that works over there. I mean, like, no, one thing I didn't know when I was over there, like say you're a writer and, and you know, you, you create, you write something into a show and, and it gets big. And, you know, I, I I didn't have this experience, but I know several people who did, who wrote something into a, into a show that took off and was printed on shirts and printed on cups and all that type of stuff. You don't really get a percentage of that. So, I mean, you know, if, if, if but, that's but if how it works for them. You're talking about backs, like, like office talent or, or wrestling talent? No, I, I mean, uh, office talent. I mean, just intellectual property. Well, sure, you know sure. Yeah, 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 the IP yeah. thing. But if you're, but if you're, if you have some, if you're if you're selling merch, right? If if I'm if I'm uh uh you know Drew McIntyre and I'm you know I got we already you know the 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 residuals department already has my social security number. I'm getting the direct deposits every month. Like that's all set up. And then I go and I say like I have this idea. You know those Virginia is for lovers shirts. What if we <laughs> just did wrestling is for lovers and WWE sold that shirt? Like does Drew get that money? Like it's what like it's a Drew McIntyre Claymore kick shirt. Well, I know they get I know they get some percentage of merch. I don't know exact percentage. I don't know the exact math behind it. I saw a story that went viral this week. I think Roman and John Cena reposted it. I think Roman Reigns is the highest selling oh, yeah, heel yeah. merchandiser of all time or of 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 the current era, something like that, or outselling John Cena or something. Yeah. Like, something, something no, no, crazy it was like it was the highest selling heel, and I think the get the kind of the bit was that John Cena was like, was I not a heel that whole time? You know, right. so I, yeah. <laughs> 
sure. I mean, it's not surprising he's the highest selling heel because he's been he's had the longest run. I mean, I think that there's a lot of statistical stuff that would make it a little bit more feasible. He's also a gigantic star. He's also in a new shirt every other week. You know, they've they've got the they've got the machine cranking for him. So it doesn't surprise me too much. The only thing that surprises me is that more people didn't ha- didn't love that King Kong Bundy shirt with just the, you know the old school black T shirt with just the white King Kong Bundy like chest and head. I, <laughs> that and it said King his body turned into King the the words King Kong Bundy. I, I uh, technically wasn't Macho Man a heel when that purple Macho Man shirt came out. That's like, actually that's, yes yes that's, I believe that's a, so. That's a classic shirt right there. <laughs> hmm. I got to do some research on that. Yeah. What about the NWO? Right. Uh, mm, mm. That's not a heel. It's but not like, WWE. I don't think it's WWE though. But they sold. But they sold those shirts. They must have sold a million of those shirts. Of course, but not. I think at at their peak, you know, it was. You know, I think that was. I think WCW and Turner was was eating the most off of that. But uh, I don't know. Somebody's got to do it. We got to do a podcast on that one day. Just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, The Rock sold a bunch of merch as a heel. Stone Cold wasn't really a baby face when the Austin 316 shirts got printed for the first time. He was like 20 minutes later, but you know, I mean, it's, it, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gray area there, but that's what makes it fun. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, we're still talking about Crown Jewel. Um, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley, no holds barred. You excited? You're excited? How long, what's the, what do you think, how long do you think the match is going to be? Let's put our, let's put our, 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 our feet on the table right now, Dave. I am going are we doing entrances also? Are we doing no, entrances? No, 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 no. Bell, bell, bell to bell. Bell, bell, to bell. bell. I'm going. I'm taking the under on <laughs> on on six minutes. Six would, minutes on the under. My first instinct <laughs> would have been to go way under, but I do think that there's a little bit of pressure on them to make it a mat to make it a more substantive match, even if that means some like lock up and you know. Lashley rolls out of the ring and walks around for a few yeah. minutes or something. Yeah. So I w- I'll take the over, but but I don't think. But I think like yeah, yeah, and significant also, significant match time will be under six minutes. Yeah, Cage Gage Gage Goldberg is going to be involved too. If there was no Gage, I'm going bell to bell three minutes max. Yeah. But oh yeah. So you think the ga- the Gage drama is going to do something? The, yeah. The Gage. There's going to be a sprinkle of Gage in there. You know what Gage, I mean? But, I love I love the Gage drama. I love the I love the WWE. I mean, listen. You can WWE can say that they're not at war with AEW, but they're clearly going after the hook market here by bringing Gage in <laughs> and trying to and trying to you know put him in a spotlight. What else do we have? Uh, oh, the King of the Ring finals and the Queen's Crown finals. Well, let's let's save that. Uh, put a pin in that. Edge versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. Ooh. Um, it's Ooh. crazy. This is one that I'm surprised. I mean, maybe people are upset. I'm surprised there's not more outrage about this, that we're finally getting a Hell in a Cell match outside of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and we're finally getting a match that feels like it's really earned it, and it's happening at Crown Jewel. But, you know, maybe maybe people aren't that mad. And maybe it's a, it's a reprieve for uh, Seth versus The Fiend. It's like Seth probably wanted, <laughs> Seth probably wanted to be like, listen, if you only give me another Hell in a Cell match to make up for that, malarkey that we had several a year ago or several years ago uh i'm going to aw no i'm just kidding um i'm I'm looking forward to it i mean once you know once you break into someone's house yeah like you you gotta step it up a notch and i think it's gonna be a great match um i think seth needs the win um i I hope they don't have another edge going over here you know what i'm saying like i think you know they're still going to be on the same show after uh, after Crown Jewel, so I don't think we lose anything by Seth 
you know, definitively, you know, ending this feud and getting Seth back into that main event picture again. I think he's done a great job just kind of doing whatever they've asked him to do or whether it's hanging in the mid card, getting Austin Theory and those guys over, the Mysterios, Edge, like... I'm ready to get Seth back into the WWE title picture sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, the flip side is that I feel like Seth can eat this loss a little bit easier than... I mean, Edge is a legend. Obviously, he can do whatever. He could just roll right on. But with Seth, you just got to, like, find him a crazier suit to wear, and he could be an even better heel after losing. You know, I mean, it's... I don't don't know. It, it, It could go either way. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. King of the Ring tourney finals um, and Queen's Crown tourney finals. There, um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, angst this week about how like all of the Queen's Crown matches over the course. I think I have this right. All of the Queen's Crown matches over the course of the week added up to less time than the Finn Balor Cesaro match. Don't like that. <laughs> Do not like that. Yeah, uh, that's that's been my, a real disappointment this week. Uh, the, I was super jazzed for the Queen's Crown tournament. But Me too. The match quality has just been so subpar. Well, there, and- were, there were reports right off the bat that they were like changing the booking decisions right at the last minute, which is not so unusual for WWE, but just doesn't give you a lot of a lot of confidence. I think I guess to me it's like like even if. A lot of people are kind of speculating about the people who were, you know, in creative leadership positions at WWE now. And it's, you know, Johnny Ace is back and he has his whole reputation and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't think there's that may or may not be true, but I don't think anybody really knows. So it's sort of beside I, I don't we don't need to go into that. But I do. But even if you take sort of the 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 furthest point of view and you say like WWE understands the sort of like. PR pressure or the sort of like moral obligation to do a Queen's Crown tournament, but then they don't actually go through with making it good. Like it just, that seems just so bonkers if that's the case, right? It's like, it's like if your doctor tells you you got to eat more vegetables, he's not like the, the, you don't go to a restaurant and order vegetables and then not eat them, right? I mean, that doesn't fulfill the the quota. Um, It just seems like it just it's just really disappointing you know i mean they they have so much potential to do it well um so why not actually do it well it's not like it's not like it's not like anybody's going to complain um but so anyway you got three bit. hours to fill on a monday like, I, know. I don't understand why you're breezing through a, a, a match a first of its kind match uh, or first of its kind tournament rather with just kind of throwaway matches i, I you know i'm not a big fan of that i think that's pretty whack you you have three hours to fill on three hours to fill on Monday. You have two hours to fill on Friday, but they're apparently they're just handing out overruns over there too. And and you you got Peacock that you could do, or, or you know the WWE.com or the YouTube channel that you can do whatever you want to too. No one would complain if one of these if part of the a couple of the Queen's Crown again Queen's Crown or Kings or King of the Ring matches were just 
off site, you know, off one of the shows. They just put him on the website, put him on Peacock, do something like that. If they gave him 20 minutes, you know, if they actually got mm-hmm. good matches out of him, nobody's going to be like, oh, but I didn't get to see it on Monday Night Raw. Well, I mean, they're splitting it up between two shows anyway. So I, don't, I mean, I don't, it, it just is, they have so much space they could work with. This would be a good time to experiment. They're not yeah. going to do it. But we do have Dewdrop <laughs> and Shayna Baszler in the final, or sorry, Dewdrop and Shayna Baszler on one side and Zelina Vega and Carmella. Uh, yeah, Zelina B- Vega and Carmella on the other side. I mean, this feels like it's Shayna's tournament uh, to win um, or to lose. Sorry, uh, I, I'm, so I'm. If I had to, if I had to guess, I would say that they would go Carmella and Shayna Baszler, but maybe they go Zelina Vega just to let Shayna Baszler look like an absolute monster and destroyer. I don't know. What's, what, what what would you guess? Well, I think the opposite. Uh, I think the conventional wrestling mind would assume that Shayna Baszler is uh, just going to mow through the competition. But I think her being this ruthless person throughout this tournament and even leading up to the tournament is eventually going to bite her in the butt. I mean, and this is how I would book it, obviously. Oh. Um, and I think I, I, I would not be surprised if Zelina Vega or Carmella end up being the queen's crown because, you know, Shannon gets a little bit too big for her britches and Nia Jax comes and costs her the tournament. Or somebody come, somebody comes back and calls her disarmament, or or whoever you know, uh, who else did she fight? Uh, Dana Brooke, you know, all the people that she's been stomping these elbows in, you know, what I'm saying help help cost her what it is. Obviously, I mean, it would make a lot of sense for them to just kind of let Shayna get this fresh coat of paint on her as a solo star and uh, get her ready for being like at the top of the women's card. But just thinking in a WWE mind, I would not be surprised if they, you know, kind of you know zig when everyone zags and put the queen's crown on somebody who could really need it. Like, you know, I don't think Shayna Baszler loses anything by not winning a tournament. She's still a badass. She's already established that she destroys people, but I think somebody like Carmella could really use it. I think somebody especially like Zelina could really use that, you know, especially if you're trying to establish new uh, female stars. I mean, it it wouldn't surprise me at all. You could definitely see, you, you could definitely see, Zena, Zelina or Carmella like fully embracing the crown and you know robe sort of situation sort of making it into a little bit of a gimmick I mean that would you're definitely right in that in, in that sense by the way speaking of time to to put on these matches you know they could also just had the semis at the pay-per-view or at the at the show or done a whole king of the ring show and had like two or three rounds on it you know I mean it's that these things are possible um and then the on the men's side king of the ring we have uh Xavier versus Gender. Xavier is the, the people's champion or the people's pick right now, no question. And then Sami Zayn and Finn Balor, you mentioned earlier, uh, it could be a whole lot of fun. Um, I, I, I have so many different, so many, so many different thoughts on this. I mean, I could see this going, I could see this going to all four of these guys. I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Obviously, my heart wants uh, Xavier Woods to take this, uh, but just thinking all logically about, um, you know, who, when you think of the king of the ring, it's like, okay, who needs this, right? Like, who really needs a shot in the arm to let people know, like, they're a big deal, right? Like, Xavier Woods is, is a big deal regardless. Finn Balor is a big deal regardless. Um, of the remaining people, I think the folks who need it the most would be a Sami Zayn. But more likely Jinder Mahal, man. Like Jinder's been a world champion for a while and he's kind of been toiling away just 
not really doing anything much of substance since, you know, he's had a lot of stop starts with his injuries. So it would not surprise me at all if Jinder Mahal was the king of the ring. And, uh, you know, I always, th- I always think of the king of the ring, and I guess this year also the Queen's Crown Tournament, as what can we do to make people care about this person? You know, like Finn Balor is over like Rover, doesn't matter all the time. Sami Zayn, incredibly talented, brilliant heel mind. He'll get over whenever he feels like it. Xavier Woods, one of the most popular groups of all time. New Day, tag team, he'll be fine. I think gender kind of needs it the most. You know what I mean? Like, just being honest, personally, I want to see Xavier Woods take it, just, you know, as, as a friend of his, and I know how much it would mean to him. But I honestly think a guy like Jinder probably needs it the most. King Jinder has a nice ring to it and seems exactly like something WWE would do. Um, I don't disagree with you there at all. He definitely needs it the most. King Sammy would be gold. Like, I don't, I don't, yes. that, that would probably be my pick in terms of just like, you know, maximizing the comedic potential for it. Um, I think. I mean, like, it would be great if Xavier won. I just don't, I, like, he's not, he would be my, he's like number four in this bracket for me, just in terms of, I think, likelihood. Um, and, but I do think that there's a path where they go, where, where they put Finn over. I mean, I think the move would be to put Finn over Xavier in the finals, Finn over Woods, and have Finn sort of turn heel in the process, and then you can set up Finn versus Big E on Raw because of it. You know, like you, I mean, I don't know that they would even, that might be so, way too many steps beyond what they, what they would plan on doing. But I, but in a, in a broader sense, yeah, gender needs it the most, but Finn is the, is the biggest star of this crew. And he's, and, and this is like, you know, if you take a guy that could p- potentially be a headliner and you have him doing something in the middle of the show, there's a, definitely a logic to making him, you know, celebrating with the crown and the scepter at the end just to make it make him look like a really an even bigger deal than he went in looking like that you know i i could i could see that too he's also the demon king you know and after the unfortunate top rope incident you know the demon is going to need some fresh coat of paint as well it's going to need something to get people excited about and make people care about so what as much as i think gender probably needs the most it wouldn't surprise me if the demon goes demon at crown jewel and you know he gets and and we get and we have a different sort of king and and the king of the ring you know what i mean like it's not just a oh i'm gonna walk around with a scepter and the crown and all this type of stuff maybe it gets a little bit darker a little bit more demonic and you know it's a different sort of flair to it dude i was before before the roman reigns match i don't know if you remember but i was i i was sort of joking around about how if Finn, if Finn won, they could sell a demon style championship belt and on like the merch stand, you know, have like the dude selling a crown, selling like a black and red, crown. a black and red Ooh. crown, like like a, like a like something out of like a Del Toro movie, sort of Print like cre- creepy crown, yeah. Print the money, I'll oh buy man, one. <laughs> dang, creepy crown. All right, well, go ahead, go ahead, yeah, go ahead and. Babyface John, can you go ahead and squat on demoncrown.com just to make sure that we have <laughs> we'll be selling that if nobody else, if WWE's not. Um right next to the big meaty men bumping meat shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, let's just have a totally like a to, like a just a totally straight, just like we're like bootleg merch store. 
We could. We could. We, well, we, 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 we could. We couldn't. We couldn't. You know. <laughs> there's some things we. There's a lot we got. Yeah. There's, we got a lot of runway over here. There's a, there's a few things we probably can't get away with as easily as we could have in the past. Um. Yeah. So anyway, here's the thing with Crown Jewel. I mean, it's it's we we just talked about it for a minute. It's an exciting card. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. I'll be excited to watch it. You know, you kind of always get the feeling that we're gonna. But that's you know, the thing. On paper, Crown Jewel always looks like a fire card. Yeah, it just rarely de- delivers like that because I mean, there's moments, there's cool moments that happens, but like it's. I think the last, well, I think when the Fiend won the world title, won the universal title like Crown Jewel. I think that was like the last time I imagined like a satisfying ending at Crown Jewel. You know what I'm saying? So who knows, bro? Who knows? It always. It always looks like a, a stacked WrestleMania type card on Crown Jewel. It's just that the execution it, it kind of makes it feel like just a souped up house show, a souped up live event. Also, you know, so they can kind of go both ways. You could have a, like the one of the an all time great show, but if it doesn't matter the next day, then it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, yeah. it's like the tree falling in the woods. You know, so it's like how I mean, it's not. It's it's hard for the show to be great. If it doesn't matter, even if the even if bell to bell or whatever, it's really, really good. So mm-hmm. anyway, we got to get out of here uh, before we do. Do you have, do you want to say anything about NXT? Our guy Swerve Scott finally dropped the belt. They did it in, in fairly entertaining fashion. It looked like he was going to, you know, it looked like we were going to get one ending. And then Carmelo Hayes came out and they helped clear the ring. And then he cashed in and won the title. Um, I think it's a good look for Carmelo Hayes. Uh, and I don't know, man. I mean, we've talked. I'm gonna go back and forth week to week on NXT 2.0. Uh, there's some, there's, there's some really interesting characters, and maybe there's it's some a, very interesting characters. I mean, there's a show, lot of man. there's a there, there's way more sort of that fit into the guilty pleasure category than anything we've seen. You know, mm-hmm. anything we've experienced before. I but, think WWE and wrestling in general, ever since we lost Lucha Underground, we've had a severe lack of just characters. You know what I mean? Like, and I think NXT, I would hope NXT 2.0 continues to kind of deliver on that and just be like, hey, we got a bunch of characters here and these are guys that you're eventually going to see on the big show. I think they ended it very smartly, very cool. Carmelo Hayes, I mean, anybody who saw him since before when he was, uh, you know, Christian Casanova on the Indies, Knew that this mm-hmm. guy was a big star. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, WWE sees it. Uh, the w, the, the NXT North American Championship continues to be one of the blackest championships in history. So I'll always be a fan of that and the lineage that carries. And, um, you know, shout out to Swerve, man. He, 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 did the, he did the duties and he's heading up to the big show on, on Fox. And I think he's going to do great there, man. He's always been a guy that I've championed on this show way before even Hit Row really started getting going. I, I said, you guys need to see this guy just work in the ring, man. Like once he gets a gimmick that works, he's going to be money. And Hit Row is a gimmick that works. And all that stuff does not matter unless you got a guy that can fucking go in the ring and swerve is one of those guys, man. So big shouts to him. Can't wait to see him get that platform and really show out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, basically, my NXT 2.0 notes are just like how many times I circled somebody's name in highlighter, like during the course of the show. I mean, it's, I don't know if Zion Quinn 
is ever going to to amount much more than to, to much more <laughs> than like a you know a, a, a Mortal Kombat character. But he's <laughs> but I can't but I can't not be I, I can't take my eyes off of him when he's in the ring. Right. Um, Ivy Nile, similar boat, man. What a debut. She's like really, she looks like she could be just freaking everything. But at this point, it's so weird. It's like, it's it's too early to tell, you know? Yeah. I mean, but that, but that's that's part of the ride. That's part of what oh, makes it Julius really Creed. fun. We got Julius Creed solo oh. work. You know, that's I'm surprised. Guy. I'm surprised they went solo with him so quickly. I mean, obviously it's not the end of the tag team, but I, I love that. I love when yeah. they have tag guys working solo. That's fantastic. And Julius Creed looked really, really good. And, you know, I, I can't go against anybody that Malcolm Bivens is. The, the Malcolm Bivens bump is legit. And as long as you can wrestle, that guy will get you over. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Diamond Mine, man. Like, look, look where we're at. Look where we're at. NXT is fun. Instead of 205 Live or whatever, if they want to have a single purpose show, they should just have a show where everybody has to have a manager. Like that should be, <laughs> they should just have like a, like a web only manager show where it's just like real basic wrestlers, but the manager's got a lot going for them. You know, the, right. the, the manager's got a lot of personality. It's like 90% promos and it's just like the manager's negotiating deals for their talent. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll watch that. I'll watch that. Like put it on the web, put it on for like an hour. I mean, like, you know, not not to completely bite off of being the elite, but like help, you know, evolve some storylines. And, you know, that's how you make some matches and get all the managers involved and make them seem like sports agents and having to go up to Regal and going up to, you know, Pierce and Sonia and all these folks and having to really negotiate and see the, the inner goings on of what a wrestling show would be. This is all the stuff I pitched when I was a writer back in the day. They don't have a ton of budget for that sort of stuff, but maybe they do now. So steal the idea, guys. Go for it. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. One thing before we get out of here, what did you think about Parker Bordreau, who is being hyped as the next Brock Lesnar when he was signed not that long ago, showing up with the shaved head looking I don't know. My first reaction was he looked sort of like nails or something, but the, but it's a he's he's I'm not sure that I hate this Harlan character, but it's not what I expected them to do with Parker Bordreau. Not what I expected them to do with the next Brock Lesnar. What, what was what was your take on on this giant creepy dude? I mean, besides the fact that his weakness is being gently caressed on the face by uh, Joe Gacy, um, I still need to see more. Uh, I don't want to comment on him yet because, like you said. He's gotten some incredible comparisons to Brock Lesnar and uh, him him jumping right at Tommaso Ciampa lets me know that, okay, they see him as a big deal also. And I haven't really got to see much of him in the ring yet. And if you're getting Brock Lesnar comparisons, you better be able to be fucking terrifying when you get in the ring. And I haven't gotten that yet. So outside of just staring menacingly at a few people and, you know, cutting the look, um, it's... It, he does look very. He does look very creepy. I'll, I'll give him that. And if, if creepy is what they're going for, mission accomplished. Uh, I just don't know if uh, that's. Uh, I don't want to comment too early, man. Like if, if you would have shown me Braun Breaker before he got to wrestle, I'm like, eh, I don't see it. Uh, I'm not really sure. But once you see him in the ring, it's like, okay, yeah, that guy's a dude. And and this is a guy I heard of before Braun Breaker. And so it's like, yeah. you know what? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what, what the future holds for that guy. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it, it was a it was a cool debut. It was a cool way to throw him in there. I was just surprised. I mean, I was really expecting the Brock Lesnar treatment with him when he rolled out. So it's I guess it's sort of interesting they're doing something else. I mean, and that's just it. This NXT 2.0 thing, it's interesting if nothing if if nothing else, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's you can't I'm always a fan of trying shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, trying. Yeah, they're always a fan of of trying out that that caress on the cheek and seeing what it does for you. <laughs> um, anyway, we got to get out of here. Uh, we all got important stuff to do. You want to get your plugs in? Yes, sir. Say less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie on a little bit of a hiatus as we uh, prepare for the new rollout of the show, but appreciate you guys' support. And MSGPM will be back by the end of October. Myself, Monica McNutt, as the New York Knicks season gets ready to kick off. Uh, one more thing. Shout out to everybody who came and pulled up to us at Comic-Con. Shout out to oh, Tiger yeah. Driver. Uh, shout out to everybody out there who, who came. It was a great turnout. MJF came up out of Yeah, out of well, field, we didn't even talk is, about this. That should have been the show opener. <laughs> I should have kicked it off, right? I completely forgot. It was a week ago now. But yeah, MJF uh, came and on a panel of, of blackness and professional wrestling. We got the most Jewish wrestler in, in, in the world. Uh, but he was great, uh, man. Incredible reaction from that crowd when he pulled up. Uh, but shout out to Chris. Shout out to Jay Rose. Shout out to uh, Faye Jackson, uh, Blue, Lola Blue, everybody who was on that panel. Um, everybody. And I think Katie Forbes is there too, RVD's wife. Shout out to her. Um, it was a great turnout. Thanks for everybody for pulling up. Continue to support, uh, you know, uh, representation and diversity in professional wrestling. And um, yeah, man, uh, it, was, it was a fun, fun time. It was a fun, fun time. I'll also be on the ultimate show this week coming up before Crown Jewel, the kickoff show um, with myself, Sam Roberts, uh, Ryan Popola, Matt Camp uh, doing fantasy booking King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown Tournament. So check that out as well. All right. Well, you're free to steal my ideas. I'll give those to you right now. <laughs> uh, thank you for doing this as always, guys. Thank everybody for listening. Um, very special thanks to our intern Alishva who is sitting in and uh, thanks as always to our babyface production assistant John Kerma apologies as always to John Moxley we'll see you back here next week humanoids peace this episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.